You are Locked On Steelers, your daily Pittsburgh Steelers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, bringing you your daily dose of all things on the Pittsburgh Steelers. It is Tuesday, June 22nd. But it's not just any Tuesday. It's a Tony Tuesday. And that means we've got Tony Serino back here on the show talking all things Steelers. We're going to talk a little bit more about Le'Veon Bell's legacy because he put up the deuces sign on Twitter. It looks like he might be retiring. The, Tony's been a big Le'Veon guy for such a long time. I work, I'm going to let him talk about that. I'm going to talk about that. We'll get that out in the first segment. Then it's time to do some rankings and some debates. We're going to talk about who are the best and worst defensive fronts that this Steelers offensive line is going to face, considering it's a young offensive line that's going to have to gel together. All that right here on today's Locked On Steelers podcast, which you can download anywhere, but especially on Apple, Spot- Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and the app Odyssey. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y, Odyssey. Remember to rate us five stars with a positive comment, and you get a shout at the end of the show. Let's get into it. As always, we're happy to have our guy Tony Serino doing the show here in the Lockdown Steelers podcast on Tuesdays. Oh, I'm sorry. I got to do this right. It's time for a Tony Tuesday. There we go. Now we're hyped. Now we're amped. We didn't get Tony. to do one last week, right? Last week was a Tony Thursday. It was so. a Tony Thursday? Yeah, like it was, it, was, it was a weird It was a weird thing. We're back um, on schedule. We're back, back on, on it. Schedule. Um, but Tony, top news that's kind of Steelers related right now it's not really Steelers related anymore but don't you miss it don't you miss parsing cryptic tweets yeah yeah but it's just the cryptic tweet (laughs) thing that's going on so Le'Veon Bell basically tweet like he's been tweeting at people responding people online who are just saying you blew your career you're done you're washed up and he's been going back and forth well and yesterday he put up just the the emoji sign that the deuces the peace sign like I'm out So now everyone's like, does this mean he's retiring? What does this mean? Does it mean he's just leaving Twitter? What's going on here? But either way, Tony, after all the things that he's been through and then being and then joining the Chiefs and then not being used and then trashing Andy Reid, I do think we've seen the last of Le'Veon Bell. Like I just Yeah, I'm not certainly at a high level, right? Even if you know he could come back and do like the, you know, what team was Todd Gurley on last year? He was on the Falcons, right? I mean it's like that kind of deal where it's like, okay, Le'Veon, yeah, he was in the league one more year, but yeah, I think high level Le'Veon it's, it's over now. And it, it's, I don't know. You look, we did the whole fantasy draft Friday thing last year. And I picked Le'Veon plenty of times because he's one of my favorite players. I think, I think, you know, and I've said this before, I think he's the most talented running back the Steelers have ever had and look, longevity wise. He's not going to get the numbers and he's not going to be up there with Franco, right. you know, in, in Steeler history for a number of reasons, right? One, because of longevity and two, because of the way he left the team. Uh, but yeah, man, I, I'm sad about this because, you know, like, like, like I said, Le'Veon to me was, he was one of my favorite players on the team forever. He was the most talented running back and for his career to have ended this way with the contract dispute, missing the season, you know, the fan base obviously turning on him as, you know, as, as any fan base would. And, you know, when a, when a player is going to hold out like that, um, it's sad, right? It, it is super sad. And, and, and again, it's not, it's not saying like, oh man, poor Le'Veon. Cause I mean, he did, you know, do a lot of this to himself. But and he cashed like, in. He cashed in. So. He, uh, that's true. He cashed in when he could on the on, on on getting his guaranteed money. But like, man, like like you went to Adam Gase 
Yeah. Like you put yourself in that position and you could have stuck with the Steelers who knew how to use you. And then even if you had fallen off, like even if he had unceremoniously just not been as good, he would have found a purpose with the Pittsburgh Steelers. I mean, imagine again, if he shows up in 2018 and, and he doesn't have that year, that year off that he, that he had and he's healthy, you know, yeah. they, they most likely make the playoffs that year. AB probably doesn't blow up at the end of the season, you know, and, 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 and what are, what are we talking about with the Steelers in that year? Because that was the year in 2018 that they beat the Patriots, that they, they beat were, the Patriots. They, yeah. were, they were one step from beating the saints on, on the road, late in the season and plenty of those games they lost where their running backs were, were fumbling the ball at crucial points of games, whether it was the saints or the Broncos or whatever. Um, I've maintained that if he had showed up that year, they would have been the one seed um, that in the playoffs, not alone, just let, let alone make the playoffs, let alone make the playoffs. I think that they would have had a really great year offensively um, and that they would have found a way to compete and at least make it to the AFC championship game that season. But all that's for not, and he, he he left the Steelers having the most yards from scrimmage per game in NFL history when, when he was done with the Steelers. Yeah, and now that's not he, he's that that's all the way gone. What what do you make of the the assessment that I've seen some fans say that is look you know the Steelers got lucky that that Le'Veon kind of you know did what he did and and got off the team because twenty you know he was if you look at his twenty seventeen numbers. They were kind of down, obviously raw number wise, like he had a ton of carries, he had right. a ton of yards, but from an efficiency standpoint, right? I think there was that number where he only had like one carry over 20 yards that year. It was like a 27 yard run. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, his, his yards per carry were down to like four yards a carry. And he never, you know, he never kind of, uh, he never came back from that even after with the year off. Do you buy into that idea that like maybe, you know, with, with running backs, it is kind of an overnight thing, right? You know, you, you have it one day and then boom, it's over for you. You think there's any truth to the idea that maybe in tw- like his his legs were just dead and it did you know the the year off no year off like if he had come back to the Steelers he wouldn't have been the same guy. No, I think he would have been you know maybe not the same same guy like he might not have been the best running back in football the way he was but he yeah. would have been a top tier back still. He still protects the football. He still lines up as a wide receiver and and, and gets and gets you those points and and forces you to think about it. And defenses would have had to respect that. And again, with him and AB on the field, and then with the the emergence of Juju and furthering his his talent with the team, true, they would have found a way to be more explosive in 2018 and with 2019. You provide, like, you know, again, say he does, he's not falling off, like he's actually competing, and maybe at this point, maybe he's a top. 15 back maybe he has taken a step back but he's still more than respectable maybe that's just enough to get Devlin Hodges and Mason Rudolph into the playoffs then and and, and then maybe now you're, you're talking about okay now it's time to go draft Najee Harris and you still don't miss out on that but yes did, did they did, you know the way that it looks right now with how with how the rest of his career went they 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 dodged a bullet not giving him a lot of money but again that contract was not backloaded they wouldn't have had to pay right. him a, a ton of that money in the last 2 years of it which would have saved them from being in the capital so no i, I actually disagree with that take and 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 it does you know this kind of playing out the way it did with him kind of you know ending early with the jets it does make his bet right the bet of hey i'm not going to sign this deal with the steelers i'm going to wait a year and mm-hmm. play the market i mean now we know you know hindsight being 2020 that was the wrong choice he should have just taking right. that deal from the Steelers. Cause at least look, the Steelers maybe would have cut him after year three, but he would have made more money in those three years with the Steelers than he did in the, in the one and a, you know, one and a half years with the jets. Right. And then he probably would have gotten a deal like he did with the jets. Right. Like someone would have, would have overpaid for him and right. been like, Hey, we'll take that guy over there. And he still, so yeah, I, I, to, it, there's no doubt. He, 
he, he he mismanaged that situation. He got some bad advice. But man, it's just crazy thing what his legacy is. Like you said, when he was in his five years with the team, he was one of the best backs that the franchise had ever seen. He would have been a Hall of Famer. If he sticks with the Steelers, I think he's a Hall of Famer. Am I, I, am I too crazy in saying that? Say. No, I, I think that's I think that's fair to say because I think he has another big year in him with the Steelers. And like I said, I think they make a serious run. And when you when people someone looks at all his numbers, they're like, holy crap, this guy was on another level. Yeah, that gets him in the Hall of Fame. There's there's always the what if of, you know, because he was, you know, he, he got injured in, in 2015. And then, you know, he, he had the injury. I mean, they, what he missed, what, three playoff games for the, well, I, he missed the, the Patriots game, the AFC championship game. There was always the what if, yeah. what if Le'Veon was healthy in that game. Um, but then there's the year where he gets hurt in week 17 against the Bengals. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's not healthy for that game either. There is kind of the what if of what, you know, what if Le'Veon had been able to play in those games. And then, of course, you know, we talked about the what if, what if he yeah. had signed. It's a, it's just, a, it's just a, yeah, Le'Veon had a weird career in Pittsburgh because. Le'Veon had a weird career, but in his weird career, he had a lot of awesome moments. Oh, he was, he was fantastic. Yeah. Um, so I'm right with you, but Hey, you know, that's, that's the business in the NFL. One minute you can be a superstar. The next you can be just complaining on Twitter, throwing up do signs. Um, <laughs> I do like your, by the way, I do like your, what if, you know, what, what Chris was saying earlier. I don't know if you guys mm-hmm. mentioned, heard that, but what Chris was saying is, look, if Le'Veon comes back, uh, then the steel, then duck Hodges would have been a super bowl champion. Gosh. Uh, in his year with the Steelers. I, I agree with, I agree with that I take. Known. Um, so I should have yeah, known you wanted, were going here. I just wanted to credit you on that one, Chris. Yeah, to- to- that's exactly what I said. That's exactly <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. what I meant. Totally, yeah, yeah. Devlin Hodges. You can listen back. Been... Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's all there. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> all right, anyways, we got to cut to a break. We come back, we're gonna switch topics. We look to the Steelers' past, now we look to the Steelers' future with looking at the best and worst matchups for the Steelers offensive line against opposing defensive lines in the NFL on their schedule this season. We'll get to that. But first, we're going to talk to our friends at betonline.ag. Betonline.ag, the only place that we trust here in the Lockdown Podcast Network to place bets on. Even though football season's over, there's a ton of different ways to make money by gambling on sports right now. If you go to betonline.ag today and sign up for your free account, you'll get a 50% bonus to your first deposit simply by entering the promo code LOCKEDON. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, LOCKEDON, all capital letters and all one word, and that will get you your 50% bonus on your first deposit. Right now, sure, the NFL is done, but you can put money down on where certain free agents might be going in the NFL. You can also bet on college basketball, the NBA, and the NHL. All different ways to get off the sidelines and get in on the action. BetOnline.ag. Remember, use that promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, LOCKEDON, all capital letters, all one words, to get a 50% bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Back here on the Locked On Steelers podcast, I'm Chris Carter here with Tony Serino for a Tony Tuesday. Now, Tony, like I said, we we've assembled our top five lists for the the worst defensive lines and the best defensive lines the Steelers are going offensive line is going to face in the 2021 season. Now, of course, this doesn't mean Jack because it's June and there could be a lot of things happening. People could get hurt, people could get signed, cut, whatever. But it's June. We're gonna have fun and look at some of these things and, and rank them. So first, we're gonna do we're going to look at the worst ones. And these will be 
in other words, the easiest matchups that they could probably get. We'll do that first and then look at the best ones that they'll face and some of the toughest ones. Because the reason I wanted to talk about this, Tony, is because the Steelers offensive line is going to have a lot of new parts. Um, you know, Kevin Dotson only, you know, didn't even start a full season. He's going to be the left guard. Zach Banner started one game at right tackle before he got hurt. Chakuma yeah. Corford presumably moving to left tackle. That's not where he played last year. Kendrick Green, most likely your your running or your uh, your center that you're looking at. Maybe BJ Finney. Um, you know, to start the season. Maybe JC has an hour. No, that's not happening. I don't care what <laughs> nobody says. That ain't happening. It's a, it's the whole. Remember when Matikavich was starting over. Uh... Bostic and everyone freaked out. Oh, Matikavich is getting reps over Bostic. This is yeah. definitely, yeah, right. same idea. Yeah, just, just no, don't, don't do it to yourselves, people. But, um, and then of course, I talked about this yesterday in the show with the whole Trey Turner visit and everyone panicking about David DeCastro. Maybe that happens. Maybe that's an issue. I don't, I don't think it's that deep yet. We'll, we'll see how that plays out. Mm. Um, but Tony, let's start from, let's start from the bottom, work our way to the top. Yep. Who's the fifth easiest defensive front the Steelers are going to face next year? I'm going to go with oh, – that's a good question. I'm going to go with Vegas. I'm going to go with Vegas. Week two. Ooh. Week two. I think they start relatively easy on this. Well, we'll talk about Buffalo and where they, where they sit on this. But I, th- I think Vegas – You know, I know they brought in Yannick Ngakwe, but you know, Cleveland Farrell hasn't really lived up to uh, – you know, hasn't really lived up to the hype. What like sixth overall or whatever? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, Mike Mayock and, and John Gruden, they they have a different. They're like the PFF. Like, what if PFF was a general manager? Uh, that's they're a just, great comparison. They're just off the wall. Like, oh, we just they just have a totally different way of looking at things, and it's usually not right. But you got to respect them for having a different way of looking at things. Uh, so yeah, so I, I think I think week two home opener, Vegas, my number five. All right, I'm actually going with one people might not expect. I'm going with the Tennessee Titans. Um, I just, I know that they got Bud Dupree, but that's the problem is I think they only got Bud Dupree. (laughs) Like they, they brought in Ola Adini. eh. They lost Jarrell Casey to free agency, but now maybe he comes back. But, and I know that Jeffrey Simmons is good. Jeffrey Simmons is good. He was, he was good, but I'm not sure that they're going to have this chemistry ready, ready, um, this season. I think it's going to take time to build. Um, and I know the Steelers don't play them until like mid-December, so a lot can change by then. Yeah. But I'm just – I'm not sold on them coming to Pittsburgh in cold weather and playing and playing well and bringing the heat on Ben Roethlisberger or stuff in the run. I, I think that's going to be the time of the year when Najee Harris is going to be choo-choo and just getting it going. <laughs> um, so uh, I have the Titans at my five. I still think that they, they, they could turn things around. I'm just not betting on it. But uh, but but I, I to short, shortcut here, my the Raiders were my number four. Okay, yeah, yeah, and and I, I have my number four. Um, so I have Tennessee on a different list. Uh, we're gonna do uh mm. the, the most difficult. Uh, Tennessee may make a uh, a uh, they yeah they may appear on that list. Minnesota for me is number four. Uh, and they're probably higher on your list. You know, they Daniel Hunter, Delvin Thompson. I mean, there's not a whole lot of names for. They did get your boy Patrick Jones pit player mm-hmm. um but i think i think there are some even easier matchups than minnesota on my list so i'm gonna put minnesota here that's fair um i thought about putting the vikings on my list because they have a they have a lot to grow in um and uh, and yeah patrick jones is my guy as is jalen twyman another pit guy that they that they drafted oh they got twyman too how about yeah. that 
Yeah, now, and he was a sixth round steal. Like, like he fell very low because of his forty time, and people weren't impressed by that. And he, he opted out last season. But I think in a couple years they could make a really tough tandem um, on the uh, on the Vikings front. Just not this year. I think that they they got they got to they're gonna have to work their way into the NFL and getting used to that style of play. My number three though, Detroit Lions. Yeah, I'm sorry, I just don't see it. Uh, hey. D- Detroit is also number three for me. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, great minds, great yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, because what they have Trey Flowers, who is there, you know, I guess you would call if you want to say, do you want to use the word premier pass rusher? Because mm-hmm. uh, I guess that's what he would, you know, he would be there kind of number one, right? Yeah. Um, but other than that, this is a team in, in full rebuild mode. Uh, you know, their coach is insane. So, you know, he, if they, he can put that mentality on the players, then I guess they'll be all right. But otherwise, there's not a whole lot of players on here that scare you. Right. So moving on, I'll, I'll let you lead on the number two. Who's your number two team? Number two, yeah. easiest. Uh, I'm going to go with the Cincinnati Bengals. Whoa. Uh, yeah, yeah, I have a different number one. Uh, you know, Trey Hendrickson, obviously, you, you look, you have to respect what Hendrickson did last year. I think he had like 14 and a half sacks, something like some insane number. Um, but otherwise, look, they lost Carlos Dunlap. Dunlap was a player I liked a lot. Um so, you know, that hurts them. Sam Hubbard's a player I don't believe in. I got in a big argument last year on AFC North talk about Sam Hubbard. I think I was right about that. Uh, <laughs> oh, uh, and then inside, you know, DJ Reader, Larry Ogunjobi. I like Ogunjobi. I think Ogunjobi in a pure pass rush role might be interesting. And then DJ Reader's coming off of an injury. Uh, Reader was good for them last year, but it played limited. So they've got some interesting players here. But again, this all has to come together for them. They, I don't think. Look, I don't know that Trey Henderson is going to be their premier pass rusher as a number one. They drafted some guys like Joseph Asai, Cam Sample. Cam Sample, I do actually like. But I think the Bengals, you know, look, this is still, it was a weakness for them last year. And I don't know, even though they got Hendrickson, I don't know that this is a – they got a huge improvement year over year. My number two is the Seattle Seahawks. Oh. Simply because who they got. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, they change it out every year, right? It's one of those things where it's like, wait, no, who, no, literally, who do they have? Because every year they change it out. Right. It changes. <laughs> now, here's the one thing I'll say about the Seahawks is that Pete Carroll usually finds a way to be disruptive up front. Yeah. Which is why they're not my dead last. But I mean, like Al Woods, former Steelers, like third string defensive tackle, is their starter in DT. Yeah. So, um, until I'm looking, it, I'm looking at their Carlos Dunlap, decent player. Yeah past older prime decent. decent yeah uh alden smith wait alden smith's on there see that's what i'm saying like i can't even keep yeah. track so but i'm with you see i trust trust pete carroll that he's gonna they always put together uh the sneaky roster that yeah defensively like they're never terrible so i i avoided them from the list no that, that's totally fine I, I just i was looking at their personnel but they they aren't my number two they're not my number one they are my number two because of that but my number one is the cincinnati Bengals. yeah just because, like you said, Trey Henderson, cool. The rest of that group, mm, like I, I think you just you just run these guys over. Like I, yeah. I, I really think that the the playing the Bengals could be a prime opportunity for the Steelers' offensive line to get it together, and they get they 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 get they get to face face them in Week Three. So mm-hmm. and at home, so like if if they if they get you know shellacked by the by the bill by the bills like uh, like some some people think, or if they and if they drop the home opener against the Raiders, they get a one o'clock Sunday game at home against the Bengals for that offensive line to say to take out their aggression on them, and I think that they will. Um, that's uh, so that's why I have that matchup just being too perfect for them. You ready for my number one? It's it's a it's a red hot take. It's a hot red take. hot red hot. 
It's a red hot take. Buffalo Bills number one, and I know that they have Ed, yeah, they have at all at Oliver. So, and and I'm looking over the roster now. I mean, it's not terrible. I mean, they do have look. They have uh, they have Jerry Hughes here at Oliver. Um, they have Epinesa still, the second round pick from a, from a year ago, who didn't do anything last year. But they've tried to rebuild this pass rush through a couple players that I don't love. Look, Gregory Russo. I I thought Gregory Russo should be nowhere near the first round. I think he's got it. You know, he's got to kind of develop into that body because he's so slight. Right. I, you know, when you're when you're looking at kind of the pass rushers that are going to give uh, Okoro for an issue, I boy, if 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 he struggles week one with Russo, and I don't know that he Russo is going to start, but if let's say he did or any snaps to get in there, if if Okoro for struggles with Russo, the Steelers are going to have a real problem at left tackle. Oh yeah, um, Boogie Basham's a better player, but still, I, I just I think when we're looking at like kind of pure edge rush problems for the Steelers, which is where I think the majority of their issues are going to come, I I trust the Castro, I trust. Um, uh, Dotson inside. I just don't, tr- I don't trust the tackles on the outside. I think that this team presents almost nothing outside. Interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. Okay. So those are our top five of the easiest. We'll get to our top five of the, of the most difficult, the ones that could be the biggest problems for the Steelers. We'll talk about that in the third segment of the lockdown Steelers podcast. But first we got to talk to our friends at Bill Bar. You need a snack that's going to both help you get through the rest of your day, but also be good for you. That's where Built Bar comes in. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. They have 18 amazing flavors, including six of their newest ones, being caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisps. There's so much to enjoy. And also, don't forget, they help you lose and maintain weight. They're low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, and great for anyone that's currently on a keto diet. Right now, Built Bar has a special promo code for you to get a great deal on their website. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON15 to get 15% off your next order. Again, that's LOCKEDON15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, and you'll get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. Back here on the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm Chris Carter here with Tony Torino for a Tony Tuesday. So we're going over the best and worst matchups for the Steelers offensive line against the defensive front uh, this season. Mm-hmm. Now, Tony, um, we did the five easiest. You and I differed a little bit, but we had some of the same ideas as far as who was who fit there. But the five, the five toughest, this could be interesting. I'm going to let you lead. Yeah, Who's your fifth toughest I, defensive front. I just realized I'm counting. Like I have these. I I didn't put them in an order. I just kind of scribbled down mm-hmm. names on a on a sheet of paper. I just I wrote seven names down for the hardest. So this is oh, this is tough teams. Some tough teams. All right, I'm not going to put Tennessee on this list because like you, yeah. I'll, I'll just like you know they they make an appearance here as like number seven. Uh, okay. <laughs> number five for me. Let's let's go with let's go with the Chargers. Chargers. Let's Interesting. Go. Chargers, yeah, because we're going to leave Chicago off too. So we'll go Chargers here because they have Joey, Bo- Joey Bosa, Jerry Tillery, Linval Joseph. But, uh, you know, the, it, the, it used to be that the one-two punch of J- Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram were, you know, that, that was the that was the one-two punch. Now it's kind of just Joey Bosa. Tillery's a player that's that I like. Linval Joseph's fine on the inside. Uh, and I'm probably disrespecting Joey Bosa and his talent by putting him five here 
Because I don't know that there's going to be a team. Well, there's a couple teams on here with legitimately just better pure pass rushers, but he's like top five in the league as far as pure pass rushers go. But I'll put the Chargers here, number five. Number five. Well, I I actually I have the Bills at number five. I know they're you're one of your five. Wow. Easiest. I think that the Bills in week one with Ed Oliver and Gregory, I think that they're going to, as a group, be tougher on this offensive line soon because it's going to be their first week playing in a real live game. That's why I have, have it ranked up there. I think that they, they can have the, the upstart moment to give the yeah. Steelers some problems. Um, even if those problems go away at some point in the game, I think it could, I think, I think they have a potential to be a real annoyance for the yeah. Steelers as they figure out things on the offense. Cause again, it's a new offensive philosophy. It's a new, you know, thinking of like, okay, how does, you know, you know, we're, we're firing off the ball, we're beating people up, but like you got to stick to that. And that's not always yeah. easy. So that's, that's why I have the bills just cause they're, they're the season opener and they do have some talent up front and young talent. And oftentimes the young talent, that's, that's the time when you play the best cause you're fresh and your mind is fresh. But as the season goes on, people ad- adapt to you. Um, that that's why I just have that being a rough matchup. Yeah. Uh, See, I'm, but, I'm hoping, I'm hoping for the Steelers, like that, that kind of youth that the bills have can kind of ho- yeah play into that, you know, rather than these guys who are, um, you know, more seasoned vets that the Steelers will be facing throughout the year. It could, it could, it could, it could very well do that. Um, my next team that I'm going to, that I'm going to do here is the Cleveland Browns. That wait, 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 They're my wait, number four. Wait. That's you have them four. Yeah. No, they got to be higher. They got to be way higher. Why are they higher? Uh, well, we'll get to why they're higher, but let me hear why they're four. <laughs> okay. I don't believe in Jadavian J- Clowney. Yeah. I'm sorry. I, I just don't. <laughs> I don't Jordan know. Elliott. Mm, who cares? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Andrew Billings could be annoying. I agree, which is why they're, which is why they're on the list. Period. Tack McKinley. No, no. Um, Miles Garrett. We got to see how he bounces back this year. He was struggling late, late, late last season. Um, can he get back to that point? I give them. I, I'm. I still look at Miles Garrett as one of the better pass rushers in this league. Yeah. But um, the Steelers, for them, for for there's been plenty of games they found a way to neutralize him. I could see that kind of happening if the Steelers are like if the Steelers are able to say, look, Billings, you're not you're not really bring, bringing the heat. You know, Jordan Elliott isn't really doing it. Clowney is doing clowny things i mean we we, it, we it was funny when we talked about this before we forgot that you and i talked about that titans game we forgot that jadavian clown even played that game right and it's like so like that's the thing i just i don't buy into them being a threat until they actually prove that they're that kind of a threat up front um with with all that miles garrett is the reason that they're on this list but other yeah. than that i'm not so sure they're my number four Okay. Okay. Uh, let's see. Who was my number four? Green Bay. Green Bay. I believe it's Green Bay. Yes. Ooh. Green Bay. Pre- uh, Zadarius Smith. Uh, Preston Smith. The Smith. Uh, the Smith brothers out there in Green Bay. The Smith they al- brothers. They also have uh, Rashawn Gary, Kenny Clark. I mean, I just think this is just a. Uh, it's just a, a well-rounded group. You know, you're not gonna obviously Zadarius Smith, twelve and a half sacks last year, and Rashawn Gary had five. So it wasn't like you know. I mean, uh, Rashawn Gary, I don't think has lived up to the, you know, the uh, billing coming out of Michigan, but. It's just a well-rounded group that, that Green Bay has. And I think that that can provide some issues where it's not just, you know, like you talked about with, with Cleveland, if, you know, if, if Clowney doesn't play up to what Cleveland fans think he's going to be, then it is just kind of like, we just got to take Miles Garrett out and the rest of it will sort itself out. Whereas I think with, with Green Bay, while yes, Darius Smith is clearly like their, their premier guy, all the other guys can make things happen on their own as well. And so I think they just have probably a, a, a really well-rounded group. That's why I like them. 
I do like Jadarius Smith. My problem is those those inside guys. I'm just I'm not sold on them. Um, but but I, I get where you're going with this. My number three is a team you listed earlier, the Chargers. Okay. Um, I, I see them being a problem for the Steelers because if Bosa's back and healthy, that's a problem. Yeah. Um, Jerry Tillery is a good player, not a great player, but a good player. He's good. And, and Linval Joseph. I've seen him be disruptive long enough that they can move around and they're willing to move Jerry Tillery around a little bit, line up inside and outside that can cause yeah. some communication issues. I can see that. Um, so, and then they got Uchenna Nwosu. I just, I see those things being a tough matchup at times for the, with the chargers against the Steelers, but that's why I have them at number three. Um, yeah. I probably have the chargers right too there. low. Now that you, you bring Nwosu, yeah, Nwosu, yeah. Yeah. I probably have him a little low. Cause I'm um, at five. <laughs> but uh but but again we're this is august or august this is june yeah. uh, i wish it was august to be so much <laughs> uh, yeah you wish the season was right around the corner hey yeah. training camp's right around the corner all right it's not that long away it's not that long away all right my number three uh i got the kansas city chiefs here uh, frank clark chris jones i mean that's uh, jerron reed you know taco mm-hmm. charlton taco yeah. charlton by the way taken right before tj watt am i remembering that correctly yes yes yeah yeah <laughs> Thank you, Jerry Jones. Big, big mistake. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I mean, look, th- this group really is is Chris Jones. Obviously, he's a monster yes. inside. Uh, you know, Frank Clark can be can be dangerous at times. We'll see if Taco Charlton can resurrect his career out there. And then Jerron Reed's a fine player. Um, but yeah, it's another it's another group that is probably like super well rounded. Again, it's one of those things where all of those players, well, except maybe Taco Charlton, but all those players can make things happen. Um, so you worry about that kind of those kind of well-rounded groups, especially with a, a group as as inexperienced as the Steelers on offense. Right. Because that's going to be part of it is deal, dealing with the dealing with those guys. Um, the Chiefs are my number two. So that's a perfect transition. Okay. I just Chris Jones being on the inside, Frank Clark on the outside. You know, the Chiefs got a lot of problems on defense, but up front, they got some answers. Um, and uh, and like you said, I, I like Jerron Reed as a as a as a depth option for them. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I'm interested to see how, if Taco Charlton, just being on the other side of Frank Clark, does he just get overlooked to get some one-on-ones that gives him opportunities? That's where I think that he would make the biggest impact for the team. Um, uh, but I just, it's tough to overlook those two big guys. And those, those guys do a lot because this team is very light at linebacker. So they need these guys to get after it so that their safeties, Daniel Sorensen and Tyron Matthew, the honey badger can be playmakers on the back end. So, yeah. um, so that, that's why I have them at number two. Who's your number two team? My number two is going to be your number one. And by the way, I didn't put Khalil Mack on this list whatsoever, which is insane. Chicago just didn't make the list, which I'm now realizing maybe a mistake. Yeah. Uh, but no, my uh, my number two is going to be the Denver Broncos. What? Von Miller, Bradley Chubb. They have your, uh, they're pretty good. I think both <laughs> they, those guys. No, they, they are. They're pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, they're going to be my number two. Obviously, Von Miller's coming back from an injury. And then there was, like, rumors this offseason he could get traded. Um, I know uh, Sonny from AFC North Talk was very high on the idea that he could that Von Miller could end up a Baltimore Raven at the end of this offseason. That didn't happen. Um, so, yeah, I mean, like, you, know, you got Bradley Chubb and, and Von Miller. That's a hell of a duo. So – I, I must admit I neglected to put them on my list because wow. I I've been they they should be they should be on they should be number five I I did them a disservice putting them putting the bills over them I think I just uh, I I've been so nervous because I feel so bad about Vaughn Miller I mean he had the Achilles then he had COVID then he like and he's, I know yeah you know, he has a bit I'm scared that he's never gonna get back to what he was 
Um, because mm. he's also older and it'd be different if he was like in his mid to late twenties. I mean, he's he's been doing this when they won the Super Bowl. What was that? 2015, 2016? That was twenty fifteen. I want to say. So like, it's been a while that he's been the guy. So like, I can see it taking a while for him to bounce back. But hey, but hey, that's that's fine. Um, you know, I I. I, I, again, some, these these this these, this can't be perfect. We're all we're all doing this. This is all. So who is your number October. two? Who is your number two? I said the Chiefs. Oh, the Chiefs. Oh, the Chiefs okay. were okay. my number two. Okay, gotcha. Um, gotcha. But the Bronco, but the Broncos also. The reason I did also didn't want to pick them. It's when they're scheduled. It's, it's they're the second game of October. Mm-hmm. They're the fifth game on the season. That's where I think this offensive line starts to click. Find its groove. Yeah. Yeah, and. and, and and even if Von Miller is healthy, um, you know who's shut down Von Miller in a game? Chikuma Kofor. That's true. Uh, That's true. So I, I really, I really think there's a chance they could be they they could handle the Broncos well just because of the timing of it. But who's your number one defensive front that they got to face? Well, it's it's obvious now. This is where a secret Browns fan comes out. Cleveland Browns are my uh, are my number one team. Look, and for a couple reasons here, okay? First, obviously, Miles Garrett, I think, is the second best edge rusher in the league behind TJ Watt. Um, and so that might be enough. But look, this this is this is the most important game of the season for the Steelers. The, these two games, right? This is it. This is the season comes out. The Steelers were embarrassed at home yeah, in the playoffs true. last year. And obviously, you know, that doesn't play like the Steelers need to win games. You know, they need to make the playoffs and whatnot, and they can get their revenge by winning the division and winning playoff games and potentially winning a Lombardi. But those two games are, I mean, are going to be key to winning this division because Cleveland's going to be competitive again. And this is a matchup that the Steelers have to win. I mean, offensive line versus defensive line, Miles Garrett cannot be, you know, wreaking havoc with Ben Roethlisberger every play, especially at 38 years of age. Um, and so this is going to be the biggest test that whether it's a core four or banner, they're going to face all year. And then the other side of that is Clowney. And I'm with you on the whole, like, Hey, let's stop talking about Jadeve and Clowney as if he's this premier pass rusher. The guy had zero sacks last year. And look, I, I I'm a big pressure guy and he did put up decent pressure numbers last year, but you know, if you don't get to the quarterback pressures only get you so far. And he did have zero sacks last year. I just wonder with playing alongside miles Garrett, you know, do the, how, how, how much, uh, and is that an advantage for him? Now you can go back and look at his numbers playing alongside JJ Watt back in the day. And again, it wasn't like Jadavion Clowney has ever been a 12, 13, 14 sack right. year guy. Like you could say, maybe look go over to Cincinnati where Trey Hendrickson, you can make the argument. He was playing alongside, I'm going to forget the, the, the saints pass rusher guy, uh, Jordan, Cameron uh, Jordan, Cam Jordan. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it, it's not like Jadavion Clowney ever put those numbers up against JJ Watt, but you know, you talked about Bill Andrew Billings in there. They do have Tack McKinley, who again, Tack McKinley, eh, but as a third edge rusher, you know, right now the Steelers' third edge rusher is Cassius Marsh. So, like, you know, uh, I'd rather have Tack McKinley. Yeah, exactly. I'd rather have Tack McKinley than Cassius Marsh. And then Malik Jackson. Look, I know Malik Jackson is. I don't know how old he is right now. He's not not a young not a young guy. Um, but he's on that defensive line as well. So uh, I think I, just the respect that I give Cleveland because they they beat the Steelers the way that they did last year. They have the premier pass rusher in Miles Garrett, and you have Clowney coming in there. This is the most important matchup for the Steelers. They're my number one. I, I hear you what you're saying there, but I'm sorry. I just I don't buy into Clowney. I don't buy into the other guys. Miles Garrett is the problem, but yeah. he'll be the only one I think they can focus on him. Now the team and the that best I have, offensive lineman the Steelers are going to have in that game is Najee Harris. <laughs> dang, that's funny. <laughs> or Pat, Pat Fryerman. <laughs> um, but 
I do think that there is an edge rusher who's a premier edge rusher who could be a real problem for the Steelers. Is it Khalil and that, Mack? And that's Khalil Mack. I, I, I didn't even put the Browns and Bears on my list. I look like an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> You're fine. It's just, but, but in all seriousness, the Bears, you got Khalil Mack. You got Robert Quinn. They, they, there's yeah. chemistry, and that's the thing is that they got guys that they can go in and they can they can say, hey, um, you know, we're gonna come at you with different angles, yeah. and, and they've produced for a while. They they're building, um, they're building they're building chemistry there. Like there's there's actual things you got to worry about if you're the Steelers because this team's gonna be coming at you from different different areas. I'm sorry, Akeem, Akeem Hicks is also Hicks, on, yeah. is, is yeah. on this line, um, so. Uh, so, you know, and, and, you know, Bilal Nichols, whatever, but, um, but yeah, Khalil Mack. And then, and then, and then I know this is cheating because we've been doing just defensive lines, but Roquan Smith is just such a bad dude. Yeah. Inside linebacker. And you, him, and you're right to point out that this is a group that's been together for a while so yeah. that they have that kind of chemistry and the Steelers offensive line is just coming together. And this right. is going to be a huge, when do they play the bears? It's a good um, question. Let me check. Hopefully, it's uh, it's it's right after the bye. We're right after Cleveland. It's week uh, two, yeah, it's right. It's two weeks after the bye week, November eighth. Yeah. Uh, looks like a Monday night football game. Um, so they'll have a they'll have a an extended week after playing the Browns on Halloween, um, in Cleveland. So that this might be another opportunity for the offensive line to shine. But here's the th- now here's the funny part. We both agree that the Browns and the Bears are two of the toughest defensive fronts they're going to face. Yeah. They play them in back-to-back weeks. Right. If they can go through those back-to-back weeks like they did the Ravens and the Titans, granted, you know, without falling apart later in the season, and they're healthy, that to me will be a big sign of how the, how good this team is, is if they're able – if they, how good this offensive line is with, with, with Najee Harris and how well they're performing. If they go through come those come through those two games looking confident – I that would be my sign to the Steelers Steelers Nation be like, yo, this team's got it this year. If if uh, as long as Mason Rudolph isn't starting against the Lions, I think the Steelers <laughs> the Steelers did okay. <laughs> that's the that's the bottom line. Keep Ben healthy, block and get 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 Najee get Najee some space to run. Um, they do those things. I think this team is going some serious places, and that's where you'll start to see all the Steelers fans tw- uh, tweeting at a uh, PFF all season long. Um, pretty good. The Steelers would be proving them wrong, but those are our top five of the the best and worst defensive lines or defensive fronts the Steelers are going to face in 2021. Do you agree with us? Do you not agree with us? Let us know. You can always tweet at us. You can always hit us up. You can get on the Locked On Steelers Facebook group, which both of us are in. Um, but Tony, thanks as always for joining on our Tuesday show, man. Yeah. Please let people know they can find you, follow you, and get more of your work. Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Steeler Country. You can find me on YouTube. I do a roundtable show all about the AFC North called AFC North Talk. I represent the Pittsburgh Steelers on that show. Uh, Today, if you're listening to this on Tuesday, we are talking about the best tight ends in the AFC North. So give that uh, a listen to today on YouTube. Search AFC North Talk. You can find my YouTube channel, uh, Steeler Country with Tony Serino. You can also find me, of course, here every Tuesday with my friend Chris Carter. Absolutely. This is my friend right here, Tony. I, I got a lot of love for this dude. Um, but do do check out his work. They they are they are very entertaining on the entertaining on the uh, AFC North talk show. Uh, they go at it, and uh, St- Steelers fans like you get to go in there and feel some camaraderie because there's more Steelers fans in the comment section when they do those shows live. So check that out. Yeah, as you all know, I'm Chris Carter. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Carter Critiques. Um, you can also read my work at DKPittsburghSports.com and listen to all the podcasts I do over there. Um, also. 
if you're enjoying this show, remember you can subscribe to on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or the app Odyssey, and it's A-U-D-A-C-Y, Odyssey. Um, you can subscribe to it in all those different ways. Also, if you're enjoying the show, rate us five stars, leave us a positive comment. It really helps out the show for real. And you get a shout out at the end of the show, just like this person who left the latest five-star review. Uh, RJP43 says, awesome show. Love Jenna Harner Fridays. And then then further comments, absolutely love Jenna Harner Fridays. Hey, <laughs> RJP, we love Jenna Harner Fridays too. She'll be back on this Friday, hopefully. We're, you know, we go, sometimes, you know, things happen in news and that messes things up. But we are excited to get to get Jenna Harner on the show any day that we can. We'll be excited for that. We're going to do Fantasy Draft Friday this week, this this Friday. So it's going to – we're bringing that game back. So tune in for that. But tomorrow we got the agency back on. Josh Axelrod, D9, and Pietro. going to be a fun show with them. Thanks again to Tony Serino. I'll be talking to you all soon. Steeler Nation.